Bernardo. Well, I'm under medication already. Um, I've been feeling way much better. Um, and I'm going to be a grandma again. And I told uh, for my son that they lost that baby last year. Mm-hmm. And he's a, he just he just can't believe that she's going to be here the same time she had the other baby last year. Oh, really? It could have been August, September, but it's just the exact day she, she had the other baby. Oh, really? Now, his name? Uh, Armando. Armando. So let's be praying for Armando. Her name? Uh, Brittany. Brittany. Let's be praying for Armando and Brittany and, and that this baby will grow healthy and have a safe delivery. All right? Tell me something good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I haven't seen Bernie. She said, yeah, did you see her raise it? I'm like, where? I don't know. You hadn't seen it yet. Yeah. I got a lot of those raises. Yeah. When I worked for churches, I got a lot of raises like that. Hey, we're going to give you a raise. Yeah. In heaven. All right. So we got a, got a raise. Tell me something good. Stephanie. Okay, hang on. Let me let me prep them, okay? Yes. I get a text Tuesday morning. I'm in jail and get a text working. I'm working. I'm working in jail and I get a text Tuesday morning. Stephanie is devastated is not too strong a word. Somebody broke into her car and stole her bag that had her Bible in it, the Bible she got when she got a brand new life. All of the notes that were in her Bible, all of the notes that she had taken in all of her uh, classes and things here. She was really having a difficult time with that. While she's texting me, I'm getting a phone call. Pick it up from there.
she had also been victimized from the burglary. And she says that she found my bag and my badges and that she would keep it for me until I was ready to go get it. So what Catherine and Kristen helped me realize was that even though something bad happened, <coughs> it is a true story. While I'm getting this text, this lady's calling me, so I'm trying to text while I answer my phone. That's not easy for a guy my age. And uh, So I, te I text, I text uh, Stephanie back immediately, and I say, call, and I gave the number immediately. Then the phone rings. It's Stephanie. I said, Stephanie, don't call me immediately. Call the number on the... And then she gives me attitude. Why? Why call that per I said, I don't know I don't know her. I said, trust me, Stephanie. Yeah, but I don't know her. Stephanie, how do you spell trust me? Trust me. Just make that call. Trust me. I think she called Catherine and Kristen and, and Lex and, and several others before she uh I, I'm not even for sure you ever did call that lady. I asked her the lady to come to church tonight so we could tell that story and present her because I would have loved to have met that lady because she she said, the moment I found that Bible, I knew I had to get a hold of somebody because uh, I knew what this would mean. And so, my number's in the Bible. Yeah. yeah. So, God did good, Stephanie, didn't He? It's not? There's a reason, Bernie. I only have I only have so minutes on my phone. And this is this is Bernie before medication. And Rick said, I'm telling you, and then my cousin and my third and this is Bernie on med on medication. And Rick said I don't know, I hadn't noticed any difference. So <laughs> yeah. You got your Bibles? Go to Proverbs. Go to Proverbs. We don't always do this on Wednesday night, but let's let's take a walk through, okay? Um, in chapter twenty-two, in, in chapter twenty-two, we read the statement that the father told his son, "Haven't I given you thirty wise sayings?" And I, that's what gave me the idea to pick a phrase or a verse out of each chapter. I don't know that it's helped you, but it has helped me in, a lot being able to, uh, to remember one phrase out of each chapter then helps me locate different things. Uh, so I don't just lose it. In a, my mind doesn't just lose it all in so many different, uh, so, so many different uh, passages and so many different thoughts, so many different kind of... Uh, verses. 
<coughs> so chapter 1 tells us to do what? To fear God. Everybody can say it. Say fear God. Fear God. That's where everything starts. You want a better life? Start there. You want to recover, rebuild your life? Start there. You want to make amends for something you've done wrong? Start there. You want to help your marriage? Start there. You want to raise better children? Start there. You want better parents? Start there. If you want a better job, if you want to be a better employee on your job, start there. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. So where do we start? There. Fear God. We start with fear God. Number two, we walk with good people. Find somebody that's doing things right and act just like them. Now, it won't be normal for a while. It won't be natural. But find somebody who's doing it right and then act like them until you get it right. Chapter 3 says, get a grip. We've got to get a grip on our emotions. We've got to get a grip on our impulses. Um, most of us, most of us who've had any kind of wreck in our life, we've had it because we followed our impulses. And nine times out of four in those kind of deals, we've said things like, well, I, I just didn't think. I didn't think that would happen. I didn't think that's what she'd do. I didn't think that would... The first phrase is the most important one. We just don't think. Get a grip. Chapter 4, guard your heart. Chapter 5, Danger ahead. And if there is danger ahead, if there's a flashing light that says danger ahead, what should you do? I heard somebody say it. Pay attention. All right, chapter 6. Hate what God hates. 7. An apple a day. God's instruction every day helps protect you. It helps you avoid trouble. It helps you stay on the straight and narrow. That's why you want an apple a day. Uh, 8. Check your messages. I watch us in this class. I watch us all the time. Always checking that phone. Always checking that phone. Got to check our email. Got to check our text. Got to check. Let's see if I got one here. Yep. We check them all the time. What if we checked with God that often? Serious. What if we checked that often with God? And I know we've got time. We've got time to check the email. We've got time to check the text messages. We've got time to check farce book, we ought to be able to check in the wisdom from God, with the wisdom of God in Proverbs. Um, chapter 9, get smart. Chapter 10, don't ignore correction. Chapter 11, character counts. Now you and I don't, we, we say it in here, we read that Proverbs about the beautiful woman, is like without discretion, it's like the pig with the ring of gold in its nose and it's a waste and you and boy that makes sense to us and we can say character counts in here but the truth is out there we're still looking at the outside and not paying much attention to the inside character really is what matters because what's going to happen to the outside what's going to happen to the outside Ta-da! I'm living proof. I used to be tall, muscular, and handsome. Look what happened. I'm only twine. Oh, you're my favorite. Yeah, all right. Now, character is what counts. That's what gets better. Doesn't get worse. 
chapter 12. Don't be stupid. And I, let, we got to talk about this a second. I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about you telling everybody else you shouldn't ignore correction. Don't be stupid. You're not the be stupid police. But I still catch us every once in a while when somebody needs to correct us. And sometimes it happens. Somebody has to come to you and say, listen, don't do, no, 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 no. You don't want to do that. That's not what you ought to be doing. We get bent all out of shape. We get all defensive. We get our feelings all hurt that somebody corrected us. The man that hates correction is stupid. When somebody corrects you, when somebody corrects you, they're making you smarter. Now somebody says, yeah, but when they told me that, they were, be they were wrong. Okay, if they're wrong, they're wrong. That's not correction. If you tell me something that's not correct, that's not correction, right? So what do you do? You move on. You don't worry. About it. And I'll, sh I'll show you. It's coming up. It's coming up in 26. But don't, don't let somebody correcting you make you get all bent out of shape. Don't be stupid. 13. Go ahead. John when said that. Yeah. Can you do his impression? Yeah. Lex just gave me one of those moments. You know when, you know you're getting older when people start asking things like, who's John Wayne and that kind of stuff. Or if you, have you noticed that when you start telling stories that when you're, when you can tell a story and it took place over 50 years ago, you are officially old. I don't know what happened the other day. And I said, what? and they said, well, when did that happen? I said, oh, that's about 50. Whoa, man. I tried to wind that thing back in. Oh, no, no. I don't know when that happened. That's a long time, long time before I showed up. All right. Chapter 13. Tell me again. Choose wise friends wisely. 14. Build your fort. Uh, this one's, and I don't know why it's pressing on my heart so hard. The last three or four times we've covered this, it, this one always pushes a little bit harder. 14. It, the wise woman builds up her house. The foolish woman tears it down. Um, you cannot, it's impossible to build up your husband if you're tearing him down. You're, it's impossible to build up your wife if you're tearing her down. It's impossible to build up your children if you're tearing them down. That makes sense? So if we want to be wise, if we want to have better homes, if we want to have better husbands, better wives, better kids, better parents, we do that by building them up. Now, real quick, we need to flip this just a second. We got the crowd in here for this one. Sometimes the way we talk to our parents or those people that, we, that represent our parents to us,
is disgraceful. It's disgraceful. And it tears them down. Parents have feelings too, you know. Parents have need to be respected too. They need to be appreciated too. And so if you want to build up your house, you don't tear people down. Chapter 15 says, Don't stir up trouble. 16, Make things right. 17, Sometimes you just got to drop it. 18, you be that kind of friend and you find that kind of friend that sticks closer than a brother. And I don't, yeah, he still left it. Uh, the guy that I introduced to you last week, Doug, my friend for a long, long, long time, 40 years or more, he wrote you a note here. I'll, it'll be gone after tonight. But he said, I love Jesus more because of you. I thought that's what he said. Because of you, uh, because of you all. I thank God for you. Keep Jesus in view. Uh, and he wrote you a note. He really enjoyed his time. Y'all were really nice to him, and I appreciate that. Um, 19. The price is right. 19 says that if you help out an angry man, you're going to have to do it over again because he's not going to learn his lessons. Sometimes you have to let your children, sometimes you have to let your mate or the person that you count as a mate You've got to let them face the consequences of their decisions. You don't want to enable them in that behavior because it ends up hurting them and doesn't do you any good either. I used right. that one time. My brother, he has a paint shop. He does work. His math is all wrong, so he's not a businessman. When I go out there, with where we come from, we want to be 300 pounds all the time. It's just a diet world out there, and I'm not doing him any good, not doing me any good. When my father died, I read that, and uh, he believed in Jesus. And trying to help him out like he wanted wasn't even working. So I just quit, and God sent him a man that just graduated from a body shop, and he won first place a couple times at state, and he ended up being his apprentice. And things just moved on miraculously ever since, and they were awesome. Just Good. Just doing that, not going yeah. back over there, because we are angry and violent and all this. Yeah. And it's just mayhem, and just stopping because he loves Jesus, and Jesus saved him by doing that. Excellent. All right, chapter 20. No paybacks. No paybacks. 21. Grow up. Man, we spent our life. We spent our life looking for pleasure and highs and and money and the fun that goes with all that stuff. And Jesus says, you want to prosper? You really want life and you want prosperity and you want respect and you want honor? You pursue and love. Righteousness and love. 22, get on track. Get on track. And if you've got children, get them started early on that track. And you do that by you being on track first. 23, Drunk ain't good. And I, it ain't good for nothing. There's nothing good that can come from being drunk. 23 says so. 24? Try. You're going to fall. You're going to fail. You're going to make a mess. Uh, we talk a lot about it here. We have folks that will try for a while. They'll try not to drink for a while. And then they'll relapse and they'll have trouble and it'll, it'll make them embarrassed and they have a hard time coming back. Yeah, that happens to a lot of us. 
In fact, I don't know anybody that started walking with the Lord that didn't at some point have to struggle. So sometimes you have to start again, and you start again. And the righteous man, though he falls seven times, what does he do? He'll get up one more time. He'll rise and try again. All right, 25. Break a bone. 25 is the chapter, we, this, the, the chapter we're on today. I'm going to take you through two or three chapters because we're getting down toward the end and I want to make sure we notice these. Look at verse 15. Through patience, a ruler is persuaded and a gentle tongue can break a bone. Um, I was talking to somebody today. Had a... A, a major blow-up fight in their family. And uh, voices, one voice was getting loud, one voice was getting very pointed, and this person said she was going off the rails. I said, what'd you do? She, he said, I was, he said, I really did what I'd never done before. And I said, what's that? He said, I was very calm. I just listened to her so I could understand what she was saying, and then I explained to her what I thought. He said, it's the first time in my life I haven't been yelling and cussing and screaming during an argument at her. Folks, that's how you, that's how you win arguments. That's how you win arguments. Can we back, can we back up? Can we back up into our, with our kids? You raise your voice to your children to tell them something, all they can hear is the volume. All they can hear is the anger. If you want your children to understand you, stop yelling. Now, some of us have gotten in such a habit of it that we, it's hard a habit to break. And at first, they're going to be bouncing off the walls because you're not, you think you're controlling them with the volume and you're not. You're just revving them up. You're pouring gas on the fire because you're increasing their adrenaline, which is like a drug. They're just going crazy. But start being calm. I watch it. A guy in jail, I wish you could meet him. I wish I could bring him right here and tell this story. We'll have some guys. This is not a tall guy. He's not a big guy. He's uh, our uh, chief of operations. And he can walk down that hall in that jail. And there'll be some kid out in the hall. And he'll be cussing. And they'll have to be restraining him and that kind of stuff. And this man will walk up and he'll say, uh, so what seems to be the problem? And this kid's screaming and cussing. He said, yeah, okay, I understand you're mad, but tell me what's the problem? And he never raises his voice. And the guy's screaming and cussing. And he said, I know you're mad. I know you're upset. I can tell that. He said, well, tell me what the problem is. He will keep that tone of voice until that kid comes down to hear what he's saying. And he's calm to say, I watched him do it a jillion times over the last several years. You help your children. You don't help your children by yelling. Start trying to be calm. Start trying to be patient. Start trying to be gentle with your tongue. Can you win the argument with a gentle tongue? Yeah, you can break a bone, he says. You can persuade the governor. You can, you can do that with your boss. You can do it with your kids. I want to encourage you to try it with your mate. Just say what you need to say, but say it in a gentle, calm, patient voice. Not with that attitude. 
and not with that attitude. <laughs> and not with that attitude. I'm just kidding. I've been working on that. Good. What's it like? Um, when somebody should come, uh, um, it's been working on him too as well. There's pretty much happening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I gotta go through my medication. Yeah. <laughs> but he's falling asleep now. So ah, um, he worked hard but, today. But it, it is, we used to, before I had my new life, it was just like we were bucking heads and same thing we shouldn't be saying. And, so let's learn this. Thank you, Bernie. Let's learn this. Let's learn. Let's start it with our children. Let's start it in our house. I've watched people. I've watched us. You talk to a visitor. You talk to somebody else in the church, and you're very calm. You're very sweet. You're very nice. And you walk out the door talking to your husband or your wife or your kids like you're mad at them all the time. Really. If you can teach, if you can talk that way to me, can't you talk that way to your wife? If you can talk that way to me, can't you talk that way to your husband? If you can talk that way to me, can't you talk that way to your kids? Yeah, you can. But you've got to practice it. You've got to try it. We've gotten in some bad habits that way, right? And try it with your mates. I, the, we'll talk to everybody in the world real nice until we talk to the people we love the most. Yeah. Well, Ernest, Ernest does that now, and like, yeah, he doesn't fight back, and then so I have nobody to fight with. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we so we <laughs> we've talked about it before. You know, if if somebody, if you know, if your wife or something says something, and you know she's taking a shot, if you just surrender, if you let the shot go by, and you don't retaliate, if you don't respond, then she has nobody to fight with. And I'm not going to say anything more than what I'm not going to say, and I'm not going. I'm not going to let you get in trouble. You just, you just, just say, don't say anything. Whoa, you know, just stay right there. Where's it? Shut up first. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now look at twenty-six, chapter twenty-six. Why don't you look at verse two? We could have spent the whole night on twenty-five. We could have spent the whole night on 26. But I need I want to make sure you get verse 2. Is it is it I need you to tell tell me what you think. I Maybe it's because I'm a counselor, but maybe because I spend hours every day, hours every day listening to people talk. Uh, but would you guys agree that somebody can say something mean to you when you're little? Somebody can say something mean to you from years ago and you'll still remember it. And you can't remember the kind things or the nice things or the loving things that somebody said to you just a minute ago. Is that true for you? Yeah. I hear it all the time. I hear it all the time. Well, back when I was a kid, my dad said. Or back when I was a kid, my mom said. Or back when I was a kid, I had this teacher. Or back when I was a... I'm telling you, 
the words you speak, so let's learn this, the words we speak have an impact. You say harsh words to your children, you say harsh words to your mates, they're going to carry it. Now you can apologize, you can, you can apologize and you can cry in apology. Does it take away the word? No, they've heard that. They've already heard it and it echoes in their brain. Well, we can't control it. I can control myself. It's the only one I can take and I have trouble with me. So we can control the way we talk to people. So let's work on that. But verse 2 is something we need to teach our little ones early on. Early on you need to teach them this. Like a fluttering sparrow or a darting swallow, an undeserved curse does not come to rest. When somebody speaks a harsh, unkind, damaging, destructive thing to you, let's make it to you first. Rather than letting that word build a nest in your heart, you ought to react to it just like you would if a bird was trying to build a nest in your hair. Now, if a bird got even anywhere close to your hair, what would you do? You'd do this. And you wouldn't go, no, you would freak. Ah, I, can't, I mean, I've watched some of you, somebody, it's a spider, it's a spider. I mean, I, you know, anything like that. And a few weeks ago, when we had the little plague of lice that went through the kids' classes, there were people freaking, oh, They'll die, I promise, eventually. Not the kids, the lice. So we can, you can take care of that, right? Hang on, guys. Hang on. If we, won't let, if we won't let a bird build a nest in our hair, why would we let somebody's mean, unkind, hateful, damaging word rest in our hearts? So what we've got to teach our children is how to shoo the birds. We've got to teach them that. They're not going to learn how to do that unless you teach them, right? Taking my little granddaughter on a walk the other day, uh, walking on the sidewalk, I have no idea where these ants came from because it's cold out there. And these ants had already, they had started and they were coming out onto the sidewalk and she just saw nice little critters that she, and she likes to pick up moving and moving critter things. And so she's reaching over trying to pick up these ants. Because I'm trying to be a good grandfather, what do I say? Well, it's your life, honey. Whatever you want to do. No, I'm not doing that. What am I doing? I said, no, no, baby, don't touch those. They'll bite you. No, no, don't touch those. And I'm trying to get her away from them and get her over here, right? You protect them from that. The only way she's ever going to know to that she needs protection from those if I teach her. So first of all, mama, daddy, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, Bible class teacher, babysitter, you can't say harsh words, hateful words to a child because they won't be able to protect themselves from you, right? And then you've got to teach them that when somebody says something, they've got to have, they have the right to protect themselves. They have a right to say, no, that's not right. Um, I've told you, I told some of you the, the while back, oh, it's a long time ago because she was in the first grade. My youngest granddaughter, until Owen got here, Lily, was in the first grade. 
she's about to be 15, if that tells you anything. She was in the first grade, and, and my daughter called and said, Hey, I need you to tell, teach Lily something you taught me when I was a kid. And I said, What? She said, Well, you'll know when she tells you. She got on the phone, and her little old voice was quivering, you know. Papa. I said, What's the matter, baby? She said, oh, There was a boy. And she told me the kid's name. And I don't have his last name, or I would have gone found him, right? This boy at school, he said I was bossy and a show-off and what's the other word? There were, two, there were three things. You, I was bossy and, and a show-off. I did to her what I did to my own daughter. I said, well, Lily, are you bossy and a show-off? And she said, no, I'm not. And she was very adamant about it. I said, okay, then that means that little boy was wrong. It's that simple. He was wrong. So if he's wrong, are you going to listen to him? No, if he's wrong, you know, jump off the house. Nah, that's wrong. I'm not going to do that. Cross the street without looking both ways. No, I'm not going to do that. Early on, let's teach our kids there's some things that you just don't, and I don't listen to people. If they tell me something right, I say yes, and I apologize. If they tell me something wrong, what do I say? That's what we say. Did you hear what Mercedes just said? We start apologizing. Ladies, um, ladies mostly, I see, here's where I hear it. You have apologized for stuff all your whole life when it was not your fault and you were not wrong and you need to stop it. Stop it. It is not your responsibility to make everybody in the world feel okay with their mistakes. Do not apologize for something that's not your fault. Because what you do is you get in the habit of accepting those curses. Somebody says something mean to you, ask yourself, is that right? If it's right, what do you do? If it's right, what do you do? I'm not going to ignore correction. I'm going to say thank you. You're right. You're a jerk. Yep, you got it. I know what you did. Yep, me too. I was there. When something, what do you do? You don't ignore correction. If it's true, what do you say? You're right. I'm sorry. I hate that. If they're wrong, what do I do? No, don't just ignore it. Don't just ignore it. Because you don't ever really ignore it. What do you do? You walk off with it still, don't, don't tell me and I'm going to tell him. Next time I see him, I'll tell him what I told her to tell him. I'll tell him. I just, I will. And we live in that. How many of you, how many of you still to this day get into an argument? You're, you're taking a shower. You're driving in the car. Don't do it while you're driving in the car. You're going to hurt somebody. You're standing in the shower. You're sitting at your house. You're laying in bed at night and you wake up and, and you, you go through this whole argument in your head with somebody. Folks, if the person's not there, you won the argument. Shut up. Go to sleep. Yeah, go get on Facebook and light them up. That's always helpful. Yeah. If it's wrong, what do I do? I shoo that bird. I do not let that bird. What? I don't. The reason? Does it stop it? Uh-uh. Well, what you do is you make sure you 
react to it. And Jesus taught us. Remember what Jesus taught us? Can anybody tell me what Jesus taught us? Take that thought captive. I said, Lily, are you bossy? She said, no. I said, so that boy's wrong. I love what she did. Girls need to hear this. Girls need to hear this. Little girl, little girl was trying to do one of those little mean girl things to Lily at school. And she said to her, uh, Lily likes to play with all the little kids. And this girl said, well, if you're my friend, you're not going to play with her. And Lily said, well, no, I want to play with her too. I want to play with you, but I want to play with her. So I won't be your friend. And Lily had hurt her feelings and she was crying and she went home, told her mom and her mom, good girl that she is, said, well, honey, what you do is you say, well, it's your choice. If you don't want to be my friend, that's okay. I mean, I'm going to miss you, but I'm okay. If you don't want to be my friend, that's, you get to make that decision. So the next day, the little girl said, if you play with her, I'm not going to be your friend. And Lily said, okay, I mean, I hate that. I'm going to miss you, but it's your choice. If you don't want to be my friend, go ahead. Said the girl followed her around all day at school. Said, I'm not going to be your friend. I'm not going to be your friend. And Lily said every time, okay, you already told me that. I got it. And she kept on playing. Now what happened? Little girl got over it real quick. But how many times have we, because we didn't want to hurt somebody's feelings, went along with them and did what they wanted us to do, and we're the ones that got hurt. You don't let those kind of things control you. That's what he said. If it's right, apologize. If it's wrong, shoo the birds. You do what you know you need to do. Don't let that build a nest in your heart. Look at 27. Look at verse 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. The phrase I gave you was, sharpen your sword, right? This matches a thing we've taught on lots of different places. Are you going through recovery? Are you trying to get, are you trying to get through those tough days when you crave it, your cravings are so strong you don't think you can make it? There are people in this room that have done just that. If you'll, if you'll be here, if you'll just let somebody know, well, if you'll come tell me. If you'll just come tell me later, just say, hey, I'm one of those, then what I'll do is I'll show you three or four or five folks that you can attach to and they'll help you. Because these folks in here, they want to help. Because helping you helps them. Find somebody who's overcome that thing and do what they do. Listen to them. Follow their example. You want to be a good mama? Find a good mama. Follow her around. Listen to her. Wear her out with questions. Say, can you come over here and watch me with my kids? Or can I come? I want to see how you'd handle my kid. Because And I, it, we hear it all the time. I hear it all the time. Man, I don't know what to do with this one. Okay. Then ask somebody. There's, I guarantee you, there's somebody here who's had a kid just like that. 
and made several look just like them. You gotta, you gotta learn from somebody who's been there. But you also remember, you can learn from somebody who's never been there. Watch how they talk to their kids. Watch how, they, watch how they handle their money. Watch how they go to work. Watch how they conduct themselves. Watch it. Just watch them and see what good they do. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Get with somebody that you need help with something, get with somebody who can help you. All right, last one is in chapter 28. Look at verse 19. He who works his land will have abundant food, but the one who chases fantasies will have his fill of poverty. Our phrase was, get a job. Get a job. We talk about it a lot here. We're going to keep talking about it. There's something very fundamental in the life God teaches us to live about getting up, getting a job, taking care, going to work, getting a paycheck, taking care of our responsibilities. So much so that God will teach the God who cares about hungry people, the God who cares about homeless people, the God who cares about people more than I ever imagined caring. That God said, that God said if a man won't work, don't let him eat. That's pretty pointed stuff, isn't it? That's, that's, the, that's the wisdom of God there. Somebody says, well, I can't find a job. Well, let's talk about it. I can, we can help you. There are people here that have been without a job and went and found a job, and they can help you. I used to do that for a living, help people find jobs. I can tell you how to find a job. But you've got to want to do what it takes to get that job. I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again, because there's fresh faces. But when Warren came to me months ago, about needing a job. He had finished school and he said, I'm looking for a job. I said, well, what are you doing every day? And he said, well, I'm doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And I said, Warren, I think you ought to take a different kind of approach. I said, if you're wanting to work eight hours a day until you get a job that pays you for working out eight hours a day, spend eight hours a day looking for a job because you've got nothing else to do, right? So why not spend eight hours a day filling out applications? Why not spend eight hours a day going up and down the street asking every business? Why not spend eight hours a day looking for that job? You want a job? You can find one. You can find one. Really. You can. And if you do that, then something very fundamental, some fundamental blessing comes to you. You get up in the morning, you're taking care, you're going to work, you're taking care of your responsibilities. There is favor from God on people who work. Get a job. Don't chase those fantasies. Don't chase the fantasies that somebody's going to take care of you. Take care of your own responsibilities.
But you hear how that gets turned around? One person cares for them. One person takes them in. One person says, you want clothes like these? You want a car like this? You want a house like this? Then you do what I do. You get up in the morning and you go to school. You get up in the morning and you do your responsibility. You have your chores. You, you take responsibility for your actions. And if you want it, you get it. Lord said somewhere, you reap what you sow. So let's sow diligence. Let's show responsibility. Let's sow that kind of accountability, that work ethic. And then watch God bless you. Watch God favor you. All right, let's pray. Father, thanks for tonight, for these folks. I've read these words over and over again, God, and I still learn things. I still know I need to learn things. So I ask that you give me wisdom. Help me make help me make the best of the rest of my life. And God, every I mean, there are people, they worked hard today, and yet they came here tonight. They've got children that have been out at school or stay at home with them, and they still, they brought them here. God, reward them for that. Show them favor for that. And may your wisdom and your favor spread in this place and from this place to anybody who's willing to receive it, anybody who's willing to hear it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, y'all. Don't forget to turn in your letters. Hug somebody whether you like them or not.